Slap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. Welcome to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt. Sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Now, here's Jeff Hunt. Friends, we have an incredible show. I'm so excited. I'm going through headlines right now on the Babylon Bee. If you're like me, you love the Babylon Bee. And we have the CEO of the Babylon Bee. But before we get to Seth Dillon, friends, Western Conservative Summit's only like 30 days away. Ticket sales are fantastic, in part because we have incredible speakers like Seth Dillon, the CEO of Babylon Bee, will be with us at the summit. And he's hilarious. He's It's He's so funny. By the way, get your tickets, westernconservativesummit.com, westernconservativesummit.com. You can also watch online there, uh, so that'll be free online. But if you want to be in person, you want to get a chance to meet people like Seth, uh, definitely get your tickets because they are going very, very fast. I'm going through the greatest hits. I'm a premium subscriber to the Babylon Bee. You got to sign up so you can get some great access like the greatest hits uh, <laughs> answer these three simple questions and we'll assign you a perfect life verse. <laughs> Michael, I'm going to just laugh through this entire segment with Seth Dillon. Uh, Trump, I have done more for Christianity than Jesus. Uh, motorcyclists who identifies as bike, bicyclists set cycling world records. Congress, this is one of my favorite. Congress to be replaced with a room full of monkeys throwing feces. Uh, so ba- Babylon B CEO, uh, Seth Dillon, thanks so much for being on the show. Give us a sense of what the Babylon B is, how it started. I remember being in D.C. when this kind of popped up and was making light of Christians. and was like for Christians, by Christians, kind of fun. And now it's just exploded. It's everywhere. So give us a little overview of uh, the Babylon B. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me on, and uh, I don't appreciate all this pressure to be funny. Now you now you put me on the spot. You're like, be funny, Seth. Uh, it's harder to be funny when you're told to. Um, yeah, I mean, the bee was the bee was born out of a desire uh, on the part of its founder, Adam Ford, uh, in 2016 to kind of fill this void where nobody was doing comedy from a certain perspective. There was no like conservative Christian worldview really yeah. represented in in mainstream culture from a comedic perspective. You had like late night comedy, everything is dominated by the left. And uh, and so he wanted uh, another satire site, by the way, The Onion is, is, is far left and it's ideology, political ideology. So, and, and it's not you know, funny was, anymore. Like, I, I think even Elon Musk asked, uh, commented about this just the other day, like, because there's no truth in, in their worldview, they have no ability to be funny about it anymore. You guys are like the last ones left. Well, yeah, he makes a good point. You know, it's, the humor, the reason you, you hear this saying all the time, it's funny because it's true, where there's a grain of truth in every joke. And those are sayings for a reason. I mean, that that's why we throw our heads back and laugh when a joke is told is because we recognize the truth in it and we see the absurdity of the, of the punchline. Um, so uh, when, you, when you're detached from reality, when you're advancing a narrative that's actually anti-reality and anti-truth, then, yeah, you're going to have problems being funny. What you have to tap into, you have, you have to be relying on your audience going along with your narrative as if your narrative is real, then they'll think your jokes are funny. So there are people who think The Onion is funny, but it's not because it's true. It's because it's, <laughs> it's narrative-based. Um, but every now and then, I think I think The Onion still hits it and uh, and does something funny. I laugh at their headlines still from time to time. It's just not as often as I used to. But The Bee was, uh, the bee was kind of an answer to that. You know, it's, we're, we're often called a Christian conservative version of The Onion, and I, 
I kind of I kind of bristle at, at this idea that we're just a, a Christian knockoff of a secular thing that was done really well. I think that we are a good alternative that happens mm-hmm. to be, be run by Christians. Well, and you're and you're you're just so much better than what's. I can't even watch late night television anymore. And I grew up in a family of comedians. My brother, uh, my dad was stand up. My brother did Second City, uh, wrote for Nickelodeon. So I, I've always really appreciated the way a, a, a comedic mind works because I don't have it at all. Uh, and so I just enjoy it. And I can't even watch. I can't watch because there, it's almost just like what, tuning into like state government run television where we're just going to pass through political talking points as a as opposed to like having fun like i I, i'm the type of guy seth dylan ceo babylon b that even goes back and watches johnny carson because that was really good like we had a moment in our country where that was really fun and it's all gone now with the exception of the babylon b are you guys just are are you just growing and growing at this point have things gone pretty well for y'all they have. We do. We do continue to grow. I think. Um, I mean, the B was just a, a small startup when I took over in 2018, and now you know we have uh, dozens of employees, and we're doing millions in revenue. We're a profitable business. We're growing. We're branching out into doing video now. We do a lot of comedy sketches. We're looking at maybe doing a show or a mockumentary or something like that. So we have some things in the works, kind of behind the scenes right now, that are a little bigger plays. But yes, we continue to grow and reach a broader audience. And back to the point I was making before about how we're a good alternative that happens to be run, be run by Christians. I think that that's it's part of the reason why we have an audience. You mentioned like going back to the beginning, we're doing like this church humor and stuff like that. We still do that, but we go beyond that to reach the culture and, and deal with the issues of the day. And we're riding on the back of the news cycle, so we're re- we're reaching a broad audience, and it continues to grow. And it certainly helps that we have the attention and uh, and dedication of, of fans like Elon Musk and Joe Rogan and the like. You know, that doesn't hurt. <laughs> So you guys, but you're more than just a satire news site. You've been pushed onto the national stage. Snoops, 2018, did CNN purchase an industrial-sized washing machine to spin news? <laughs> so so you, you can't just provide comedy. You, in, in many ways, you've been forced into this national conversation on on you know censorship online and things like that and fact checking I mean, wh- yeah. what what did that snoops article do to you all and 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 how you have to operate well so that all that all came about like in 2018 you had you had a huge uh, effort on the part of democrats in washington to p- apply a lot of pressure to these social media platforms to do more censoring because they they saw the problem of Trump, like Trump being elected in 2016, they saw the responsibility for that landing almost squarely on the shoulders of guys like Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey, because these guys were not censoring false information, which is conservative thought. You know, like as far as they're concerned, conservatives are, are just spewing hate speech and misinformation everywhere they talk. And these platforms, had they censored that properly, uh, you would have prevented potentially Donald Trump from getting elected. And so they were applying all this pressure on them to censor more. And the the platforms acquiesced and and went along with that and started doing fact-checking and changing their terms of service and all of that. So we got caught up in that. Our jokes started getting rated false. And uh, it was funny on the one hand, but also disconcerting on the other because the platforms were threatening us with being deplatformed if we continue to push fake news. And we're like, well, look, there's a distinction to be made between satire, which has an entertaining purpose you know it's, it's meant to be it's, it's fake news for a reason it's not just a fake headline to try to dupe people and mislead them but we were getting kind of lumped into that bucket 
of, uh, you know, intentionally fake and misleading news. And so that's where we that's where we first got drawn into the discussion about censorship and uh, and how it was impacting our business. And, and we became kind of a voice on the on the front lines defending free speech in the censorship age. And you actually had your Twitter account essentially banned or shut down for this is the tweet here the babylon bees man of the year is rachel levine <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, well, but, was... and you refused to back out down from that you didn't delete the tweet right you could have just deleted that and everything would have been fine but uh they actually shut down your twitter account and you refused to delete the tweet well that was yeah that was um well, it was in response to a USA Today headline that had named Rachel Levine Woman of the Year. You know, like they, it, there was this award that was given these accolades and being showered on this, on this person as a, as a woman. Um, not only a woman, but like the best of the women. And so, <laughs> you know, we, we, we fired back in defense of women insanity with a joke about how Rachel Levine is actually a man and is, in fact, our pick for Man of the Year. And, you know, they didn't, they didn't like that. They consider that misgendering. And uh, misgendering is hate speech. I think it's misgendering when a male person refers to himself as a woman. Yeah. My my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, we that that was the issue with hate speech, and they, and they wanted us to delete the joke. They wanted us to delete that tweet in order to restore our account, and and it re, they required us to admit that we engaged in hateful conduct in order to do that, and we and we refused to admit that we had engaged in hateful conduct. I, I say it continually. I say it all the time. The truth is not hate speech hmm. and it's not we're not telling jokes like this for the purpose of tearing people down and hating on them we're do, it's like it, there's a gk chesterton quote he said you know the true the true soldier fights not because he hates what's in front of him but because he loves what's behind him hmm. and that's where that's where we're coming from as satirists in this insane culture the truth is behind us reality is behind us we care about it and so we're joking about the things that are that are that represent the all-out assault on reality and reason. So um, that's really the, 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 the moral purpose of a joke like that. I think there's a moral incentive to mock, mockery in a, in a climate where the truth is under assault. And so uh, it was not coming from a place of hate. So we, there was no way we were going to admit that it was hateful conduct. And we were willing to be off of Twitter forever, if that's what it meant. Wow. Wow. And it, and it took Elon Musk, essentially, to bring you all back. Is that right? Yeah, that was, I mean... Short of that, I think probably eventually there would have been a legal recourse down the road. There are laws that are being passed at the state level. The Supreme Court's eventually going to look at this. Just viewpoint discrimination, I hope and I expect, will eventually become unlawful on these platforms because they will be deemed the public square. But they're currently not. And so we had to – our only out was if a benevolent billionaire came in <laughs> and bought the platform and said, I like these guys set the Babylon Bee free, and that's exactly what happened. Friends, we're talking with Seth Dillon, the CEO of Babylon Bee. He's going to be a featured keynote speaker at the Western Conservative Summit, June 9th and 10th at the Colorado Convention Center. Tickets are on sale now. They are going fast. It's an incredible lineup, everyone from Eric Metaxas to Tulsi Gabbard to uh, congressmen and senators and everybody else we're, we're hoping to bring in. So uh, it, we've been doing this now this is our 14th year, an absolutely wonderful event, and we will look forward to having people like Seth Dillon. We're going to continue this conversation when we come back. I'm going to talk to him a little bit about his testimony at, uh, at the Capitol on these issues of censorship and just the importance of comedy. Thank God we have funny people 
to help us through these issues. We'll continue this conversation. Friends, you're listening to the Frontier Freedom Hour, sponsored by the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University.